Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. We are very happy and privileged to have a very special guest today that most of you know already, and that's Dr. Bruce Lipton. But before that, I'll introduce also to you that um, some of us really stayed up late, stayed up, uh, you know, early, woke up early, and Steve with me, and Jane, and Hartmut from all over the different parts of the world. So we could just have this instant moment of entanglement, intentional, okay? So thank you so much for everyone. And for those of you, wherever you are, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Please take care of yourselves. Do keep doing what you know best in your heart and in your mind and your spirit so that you can continue to re-evolve because that's the theme for our conversation is revolution, re-evolution. And Bruce will lead that to the path today. And we're hoping that we could kind of like dismantle whatever we're afraid of. So, <laughs> and Bruce is, um, for most of you, you know that he is a PhD, but it's kind of easy to call him Bruce rather than Dr. Bruce Lipton. <laughs> so he's a cell biologist and lecturer, and he's an internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirit. And Bruce was a faculty on the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and later performed groundbreaking stem cell research at Stanford University and best-selling author of three books, that The Biology of Belief, The Honeymoon Effect, and co-author with Steve Berman of Spontaneous Evolution. And of course, why not? So here we Steve, the 2009 prestigious Goy Peace Award in Japan, and in honor of his scientific contribution to world harmony. So for more information, go uh, to his website, brucelipton.com so that's a little bit of him it and sounds like something i wrote <laughs> exactly and for me what i know is he's one of the brilliant minds that what i love most in him and even if you read his book and i've read his book before i really get to get a chance to meet him so that was like a decade or two decades ago is that he he, he deep dive into genetics, but he wasn't scared to get out of the genetics and went broader into epigenetics. And again, the best part is that his knowledge, he just didn't keep to his mind, but he literally, let's say, practiced all of that, what he learned from the Petri dish and put it in his life. Because he said, why should he be talking about epigenetics and the effect of the environment if he cannot, it would not even reflect on your life. And that's really, I, I come from an old school of indigenous heritage that, yeah, someone don't be teaching me if I don't see it in you. So, so, so when, when I read about him, so here he is. And so I'd like to start, Bruce when uh, your book, The Biology of Belief, and listening to many things in many videos and writings, what reminded me, and I may just have a question or two because all the rest will have, uh, have interesting questions. I wanna start and share you that what reminded me of the biology of belief is the poem Invictus. And that it says, out of the night that covers me, 
black as the pit from pole to pole. I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my faith. I am the captain of my soul. <laughs> so, so at this moment, we all know that that's all that we're asking for is freedom of choice. So for some of us, we believe that we're really working on that, that our choices are getting like slowly, slowly, slowly getting away from us. Then when you talk about that subconscious and uh, that consciousness, it's like the subconscious, I don't know, it's like people are getting subconscious more, more and more and more. <laughs> so we think the 5% conscious is getting to 1%. So with this situation, how do we, what's your thoughts on this? You know, we feel that, yes, we are the captain of our soul. We are free. We are born sovereign. And yet, in fact, there's a movement of claiming that sovereignty, but in God's image, we are born sovereign. So lead us to that conversation, please. <laughs> well, in the next 12 hours, as I unfold this, <laughs> I'll try faster. Uh, basically, let, let's understand uh, first a fact from science that is indisputable, and that is from quantum physics. And I go, why is that relevant? And I say, quantum physics is the most valid, truthful science on planet Earth. There's no science that's been tested more or affirmed to be truer than quantum physics. And I go, starting with that, then let me tell you what the first principle of quantum physics is consciousness is creating our life experiences. Now, I can say that and it makes it real, you know, like, oh, that's really nice. And I say, well, how are your life experiences? Are you creating what you want? Uh, is life everything that you desire and that you were looking for? Because quantum physics says we're creating this. So are you creating the most wonderful heaven on earth life? And if I say no, then I say, then where's the problem? And then it comes to this. The new science of epigenetics, I want to add that to the quantum physics, the quantum physics saying consciousness is creating our life experience. The science of epigenetics is consciousness is controlling our genetic activity. So they fit together. Consciousness is in control. And that consciousness controls not only the genetics and behavior on the inside, but the behavior on the outside as well. So I go, so what's going on here? And I say, we're in a very strange situation right now. Because uh, if we're all creators, then how come the world is in such a mess? <laughs> it's like most people on this planet want the exact same thing, healthy, happy, relationship, a good job, uh, and an opportunity to enjoy life. If almost everybody wants that and everybody is conscious, then why don't we have that? And that brings us to the new insight about the fact is uh, epigenetics is the science of how mind controls our genetics. I go, yes. And I go, why is it relevant? And I say, because some people don't understand. Mind is actually two different minds. There's not one mind. There's two minds. 
One mind is called the conscious mind. That's the latest evolution of the brain. It's right behind your forehead, right here, conscious mind. And the subconscious mind is generally the rest of the mind behind that. Uh, and I say, what's the difference? I say, the mind is creating our reality. But I say, but we have two minds. I say, yeah, but they have different functions and different ways of learning. And all of a sudden I say, oh, it's not so simple. I go, no. The conscious mind, the latest evolution right behind your forehead, uh, is the mind connected to our spirituality, our source, who we are as unique people, conscious mind. The conscious mind is a creative mind. Well, that's the part that makes humans different than lower animals is because not only can we think, but we can create. <laughs> Look what we've created. We're talking over the airwaves right here. Okay. And I go, okay. Uh, and I say, so the conscious mind is creative. It has your wishes and desires in it. It's connected to your spirituality. I go, yes. I say, wait, there's a second mind. I say, what's the second mind? I say, subconscious. I go, what's the subconscious? It's the equivalent of a hard drive in a computer. And let me emphasize why. The brain is a computer. We've been saying that for years. It is a computer. It processes information. I go, but it has the same functions and components as the computer on your desktop. And so there's a silicon computer that we build and a conscious computer that we have, uh, and they have the same components. And I say, so why is it relevant? So let's first talk about a silicon computer. I go, we go to the store right now and buy a brand new computer and we bring it home and we push the start button and it boots up. Screen is on. I say, okay, let's use it. And you say, no, I can't use it. I say, it's a brand new computer. Why can't you use a new computer? I say, before you can use a computer, you have to put programs in a computer to make it usable. So I say, ah, then the brain of a child is a, is a computer and it needs a program to get off the ground. So I say, the child's brain in the last trimester of pregnancy is actually booted up, ready to go. I say, but the next thing you have to do is you have to put programs in that. I say, where do you get the programs from? And I go, the brain of a child under seven is not at a higher vibration. And I say vibration, when you put wires on a person's head, you read electroencephalograph, you're reading brain function. And, uh, and we see it as different levels of energy. Uh, beta is the kind of energy we're using in this room right now. Uh, when you go home and relax and you calm down, it's called alpha, it's a lower vibration. And then just below that, when you fall asleep, the next vibration down is called theta. And I said, but theta is that that's the operating brain of a child of, through seven. That's predominant. I go, what's theta? It's imagination, number one. So that's why uh, children uh, ride a broom and they say it's a horse. And the mother says, give me the broom. And the child, it's not to that child, it is not a broom. It's imagination. It's a horse or a tea party. They pour nothing into the cup. They drink the nothing and they go, that was the best tea I ever had in my life. I say, that's an example of theta imagination. Now, here comes the serious part. Theta is hypnosis. I go, so what? What do you mean? I say, the child is predominantly in hypnosis for the first seven years. I go, why? That's where you get your programs from. They download automatically. Your brain is like a video recorder. Whatever you're observing is going in as a program. So children and infants watch the mother, the father, siblings, the community. They watch them. And as they're watching them, they're downloading behavior. I go, whose behavior are they downloading? Other people. Mom, dad, 
other people, you know, that's not your behavior. That's download from other people. And I say after age seven, then you can, uh, the conscious mind's like typing on the keyboard. Now we can change the computer. Okay. After age seven, we become conscious. Okay. Now here's the problem. The conscious mind is creative. The subconscious mind is programs, habit. I go, so I said the habits that we got, they were downloaded by observing other people. So are they habits that support you? No, nah, not really. Not most of the time. They're habits that other people have. And if they have problems, guess what you did? You just downloaded their problem. And I go, so why is this relevant? The programs that are in your subconscious did not come from you. Most of them are disempowering or self-sabotaging programs when you play them. But then you say, but fine. After age seven, I can type my own life on this computer and create. Typing from the conscious brain, creative, wishes, desires. And I go, that's great. Now comes the big problem of the whole world, and that is this. The conscious mind can control our biology, but the conscious mind can also think. What the heck does that mean? The conscious mind could look out your eyes, see where you're going, see what you're doing, interpret everything, you know, see, see what you're doing, conscious mind. But when the conscious mind is thinking, the conscious mind is not looking out. Thinking is looking in. So when you're thinking, you're not seeing the outer world anymore. You're inside where thought is. I go, wait, that means, let's say I'm driving the car, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm not looking out the window. I go, no. I go, oh my God, I'm in trouble. They go, nope, here's the reason. This is going to play a big role. When the conscious mind is thinking, the subconscious mind is called autopilot. It takes care of whatever is going on. If you're driving the car and you're thinking, your conscious mind lets go, it's inside. The subconscious sticks in and now the subconscious is driving because it knows how. It's a program. How to drive a car is a program. So I say, what? Here it comes. Here it comes. Only 5% of the day are we creating life with our conscious mind, the one with wishes and desires. 95% of our life is coming from the subconscious program because that is the amount of time the average person spends thinking. So when you're thinking, you're not controlling this anymore. When you're thinking, the subconscious autopilot steps in and controls it. Then I go, yeah, but the autopilot subconscious got programmed from other people. It's not what I want. So during the day, 95% of the day, you're not playing conscious wishes and desires. You're just playing programs you got. And I go, and the vast majority of those programs are self-sabotaging and limiting, you know, taking away your power. So I say, so let me tell you a story. I've said it for 30 plus years. Grace heard me say at the Advanced Medicine Conference, and it goes like this. You have a friend, and you know your friend's parent, and you know your friend's behavior very well, and you know your friend's parent's behavior. And one day you see that, that your friend, uh, their parent, uh, the, the friend is playing the same behavior as the parent. Your, your friend is showing the same behavior that the parent has. And I say, so you go to your friend and you say, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. And I say, back away from Bill. The moment you say that, Bill, I know what Bill's going to say. He's going to say, how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. Everyone laughs because everyone has been in that experience. I go, most profound story in the world for this reason. Everyone else can see that Bill behaves like his dad. 
Where'd he get that? I said, oh, that was the program he got downloaded with before age seven. But Bill's the only one who says, what do you mean? I'm not like my dad. And I go, because when Bill is playing the program, why is Bill playing the dad program? Because his conscious mind's not paying attention. So whatever behavior he's playing during that 95% of the day, Bill doesn't see it. Why? He's playing the program because he's not looking out. He's thinking inside. And I go, so why is that relevant? You ready? We are all Bill. Every one of us is doing this every day of our lives. Every day we're playing programs that we got from other people 95% of the day. And these programs don't have our wishes and desires. And when we wake up in the morning, we have great wishes that today's I'm going to get healthy. Today I'm going to get in love. Today I'm going to get a great job. I go, that's a creative conscious thinking. But when you come home at night at five o'clock, none of those things happened. And it's like, what does the average person have to think about when that they started in the morning with great wishes and they come home at night where nothing happened? Then you know what the, the thinking is? I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Those people got in the way. Those people stopped me from getting what I wanted. I wanted to be successful. It didn't work. Those people did it. And that means there's no responsibility. I'm not responsible. Those, those people are responsible. I go, so why is it relevant? And the answer is this. It's because we're creating all day. We're creating the good that we want 5% of the day. And we're creating the trouble that we experience 95% of the day. We're doing this. And quantum physics says, yeah, sure, your consciousness is creating the good and the bad. And the point about it is we've all been programmed. The movie The Matrix is not science fiction. The movie <laughs> The Matrix is a documentary. Why? It starts off, we're all programmed. I go, yep, we're all programmed. That's a fact. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the Jesuits knew for 400 years, 400 years, they told their followers, give me a child until it is seven, and I will show you the man. What, what does that mean? It means just what I just said programming for seven years and then 95% of your life coming from that program. So that's what they knew. They said, if I can program your seven years, then the rest of your life is going to be that program. Well, we all got programmed and the rest of our lives, 95% is coming from the program. And there, there's a problem there because for most people, the programs don't support them. The programs sabotage them. Do they see it? Nope. Just like Bill, they're playing the program when they're not observing it and they're sabotaging themselves and they're the only ones that don't see it. So the point is, what we have to recognize is we've all been programmed. And in the movie, The Matrix, I'll just add this because it really makes a great finishing picture of it. In the movie, The Matrix, uh, uh, Neo is given a choice between a blue pill and a red pill. And they say, take the blue pill and you wake up in the morning and you're back in the same world you've always been in. But they say, take the red pill and you get out of the program. I said, what's the consequence of taking the red pill? I love this part because here's where the story gets great. All of us have essentially have taken that red pill at one time or another. And it changed our lives. Whoa, upside down. I go, what was that red pill? When we fell in love. When you fall in love, you stop thinking, you stay present, you stay mindful. And the reason is simply this. You waited for this person your whole life. They show up. It's not time to think. This is time to be there. And so you stop thinking. And I said, what is the result of falling in love and stop thinking? And the answer is this. We create the honeymoon. We create heaven on earth. 
And I go, that was always there. Then how come I don't have it every day? And I say, because every day you're thinking. <laughs> but when you stop thinking, when you fall in love, that's the red pill. And if you stop thinking, then who's in charge? Not the program. Who's in charge is the creative conscious mind. I say, what is that? Wishes and desires. So I say, when two people fall in love, they're playing creative conscious mind, wishes and desires. The wishes and desires are the honeymoon, the heaven on earth. And I say, well, how come it doesn't last? And the answer is, well, you started out with just conscious minds talking to each other. At some point, look, you have a job, you have responsibilities, you got things to do, you start thinking. I say, what happens when you start thinking? I say, ah, that other mind, the subconscious mind, kicks in. I go, well, why is that relevant? Because like Bill, you're going to be playing programs that are not yours. They came from uh, other people. Like I modeled myself as programmed by my father and he had a terrible relationship with my mother. Who's my programmer? My father. <laughs> I say, so when I started to try to get in relationship programs, my conscious mind wishes and desires heaven on earth. That's what I'm looking for. My reality? Ha! <laughs> I played the same program my father played, and, and I couldn't get a relationship off the ground to save my life. I go, well, because 95% of my conversation with potential people didn't come from my smart wishes and desires. It came from the behavior that my father programmed in me, and that was dysfunctional. And so the reality is, I'm not living the life I want to live. I'm living the life I got programmed to live. Uh, and, and the issue is, Almost everybody out here in this world wants the same thing. Health, happiness, uh, relationship, good job. Most everybody wants this. They want peace. I go, if we're all creators and you look at the world out there, I say, where's the peace? Where's the joy? Where's the harmony? I go, problem? Well, we're all creators. Almost all of us are operating 95% of the day on the programs and the programs are dysfunctional how we relate to each other, how we take care of our health, how we take care of ourselves. These programs are failing us. And as a result, the world that's outside is what we're creating from the program. And the only way you changed it was when you fell in love and all of a sudden the whole world outside changed. It turned into heaven on earth. I go, that was just an example of what happens if you stop playing the program? I go, thank, thank you, Bruce. Come. And I'm really I'm with you with everything that you said, especially that, um, you know, uh, being programmed and allowing others to program us. But the wonderful thing with the situation now, Bruce, is that it seems like everyone is trying to really reprogram, be intentional in reprogramming our own selves. So, but um, I'm going to pass it on to Steve because, yes. you know, I'm sure oh, wow. just a lot of nice that was conversation. <laughs> I feel like you were speaking. I feel like you were speaking directly to me. So, uh, and it's very cool that you know you were at CW Coast because I grew up around there. So I've been to a beautiful uh, place. So I'd like to talk about that. But um, while we're on the subject of programming, um, you know, it's funny because just the other day I said, "Holy shit!" You know, I'm I've become my dad. You know, or I always was. It, not in all cases, but where I really had manifested abundance and I didn't take it off the table. You know, it's like whatever I just, you know, I was just punching more holes in the boat that already had a hole in the boat. And, you know, it's sort of like, I think the distinction that, that is to me, that was a, like a click, like a breakthrough was, um, 
where I learned, you know, what you said the first seven years, you're sort of being imprinted with programs. And the thing is, I think this might help other people because it helped me when I realized it is, uh, you know, the program is like, I don't even, I can pick up the program before I can, before I can speak. Right. The program, the program is sort of, you know, within the etheric field, coordinated sympathetic resonance, it's nervousness, anxiety, unsure, you know, uh, you know, it's whatever my dad is going through, it's imprinting on me. Yes. And it's, you know, it's a, maybe a lack of confidence or something that's going to hold me back or fear or and then you have then you have the world at large imprinting, you know, through the television and, you know, and then and everything. And so, I mean, I've spent I've done Tony Robbins and, and stuff. And do you, are you familiar with Og Mandino? No, I'm not. Uh, Tony Robbins, I am, but not yeah. Og Mandino. Well, Og Mandino is interesting because he wrote a book called The Greatest Salesman uh the greatest salesman in the world. And it's basically a short book with nine, nine scrolls that you read every day, three times a day. And I, all I ever need is just the first scroll. And it starts with today I begin a new life. And it's incredible what happens when you start to, and this is to reprogram what you were saying. And it's, it's incredible what happens when you read this just three times a day. It's like, Things that you were blocking through the quantum field just by your thoughts start to open up and and stuff like that. So with epigenetics, I'm not an expert on it, um, but is is you know is it is it possible to reprogram the you know the programs that are there, you know like that? You know, reading something that is you know it's a long thing. It takes ten minutes to read, and you do it yeah. three times a day, and before well, you go to bed and in the morning. The, you know. the, the most important part of that is do it three times a day for every day. Okay. And yes. I say, oh, that's called repetition. And that's habit. Right. This is the whole, the whole thing is to, this Make will create habit. a new habit. Uh, yeah. Because, you, okay. Let's start off with a very simple point. All of us got programmed. Every one of us in the first seven years, but you don't know your programs. I say, what? Well, you were being programmed even before you were born. Uh, whatever information your mother was sending via the blood because that was going to the fetus and it has all the signals and hormones and things that fetus is getting what the mother is experiencing. Uh, and then you're programmed uh, from the whole first year, zero to one, a whole year. And then you're programmed a whole year from one to two. And then you're programmed a whole year from two to three. And I get around three, you might start to remember some of the behavior. But I say, what was the program you got when you were zero? <laughs> What was the programming you got when you were one or two? You go, I, I don't know. And I go, well, why it's very important is 95% of your life is coming from that program. So now comes the easy part. You weren't conscious when the program was going in, but you're conscious of the consequence of the program because the program is running 95% of the day. So if you want to know what your program is, it's very simple. And I tell you this, look at your life right now and recognize the things that you like that come into your life. They come in because you already have a program to acknowledge them. But, and this is the big one, the things that you wish for and desire, but you have trouble getting, you have to work hard. You have to sweat over it. You have to put all, I'm, I'm making a lot of effort. I'm going to make this happen. I'm working real hard. Why are you working hard? And the answer is, whatever that destination you're seeking, it's not supported by your program. 
and you're not struggling with the world, you're struggling with your own subconscious that doesn't believe that program. And it's working 95% of the day. It'll sabotage you all day long. And you won't see it. Like Bill, we won't see it. All we see is the result. It's not working. So basically, the first thing you really want to know is what are my programs? Because your life is coming from these programs. And as I said, the majority of them are disempowering, self-sabotaging, and limiting beliefs that you've downloaded. And I go, why is it important? Because if you can know what the programs are, you can change the program. I go, really? I go, yeah, but here's where the problem comes from. The conscious mind and subconscious mind, two functions. Conscious, creative. Subconscious uh, is um, habit. It's, it's like program. It's a program, okay? And I go, so why is it relevant? I say, they also learn in different ways. The conscious mind is creative. I could read a self-help book. I could listen to this broadcast here. I could go to a live lecture. I could just go, aha, and change my conscious mind. It's creative. But subconscious mind is the habit mind. I emphasize the word habit because habit means it's a, you play the program over and over and over again. And I go, so why is it relevant? I say, uh, because a habit mind doesn't learn in the same way the conscious mind learns. I go, so why is it relevant? Oh, well, you can go to the lectures, you can read the books, and you can do all this stuff. And I say, oh, your conscious mind just got really smart. I say, did it change your subconscious program? I go, nope. I go, why is that a problem? I go, because our conscious minds are real smart and our life doesn't change. It's still the same old life, no matter how many times uh, you go to the lecture or stuff like that. So I say, oh, well, that's the problem. Because the, the issue is this, A, what are my programs? I just said, look at your life. Whatever you're struggling with, it's not the outside universe that's stopping you. It's your own program. I say, I want to reprogram. And I go, ah, there's only, well, there's four ways. One of them, one of them you have no control over. So I don't really like to talk about it because that's the one like uh, you go into your doctor's office and, and then you hear you have terminal cancer. Ah, it blows your mind. And you can make a change in your whole life just from that shock. But I can't control that. I don't know, you know what will activate that. But I can tell you three ways where you actually can rewrite and control those programs. So A, what are the programs? We just said, what, what do you want that you're not getting? There's a program in the way. I say, what do you want to do? I want to write a, a new program that has what I want in it, <laughs> not the struggle. I say, well, then how do you get it in? Ah, three ways. Number one, how did you get the first program seven years? And I go, the brain was functioning at a lower vibration than consciousness called theta. Uh, theta is hypnosis, theta is imagination. I go, so if I want to put a new program in, I use theta. And I say, what's theta? Hypnosis. I go, do I need a hypnotherapist? I go, no. I say, why not? Because when you go home from work at work, you have high vibration beta. That's the EEG wires reading. And I say, when you go home, you relax. It calms down. It's called alpha. And just as you're going to sleep, alpha shuts off, and now you're in theta. And I say, well, what's theta? Well, consciousness is not there. <laughs> consciousness went to sleep. But the subconscious is open. I say, for what? Put earphones on at night. Play a program you want to be true in your life. And repeat that program. And, and while you're sleeping, you, I mean, you put the earphones on, you're still awake. You might hear some of the program. But the moment you fall asleep, conscious mind's not listening to the program. Theta 
subconscious mind is listening. And by repeating that, you can download a new behavior. It's called self-hypnosis, okay? That's the first seven years, hypnosis theta. But you still learn things after age seven, how to drive a car, how to play a music instrument or something like that. I say, oh, you got a new habit. I say, how'd you get a new habit? I go, practice, repetition. This is what you were talking about, Steve. It's like, yeah, repeat these every day, three times a day. I go, ah, repetition is what changes the program, okay? And I go, okay, that, that's one of the important ways of, uh, uh, of getting a new program. You have to practice it. I, I like the jokey part of the new age vision. It says, fake it till you make it. What does that mean? I say, you're an unhappy person. You want to be happy. I say, so what do you do? I say, every day, just say, I'm happy. I'm happy. Every As many times during the day as you can, I am happy. No matter what the hell's going mm. on, I am happy. Mm. And I go, why yeah. is it relevant? Repetition is how it learns. And one day you wake up and you don't have to say, I am happy, because by then it's repeated. It has become a habit. You wake up, you're happy even without saying anything. You down. Yeah. That's number where, two. Where, where, where does uh? So, but it's a, again the, the main point of that is to is repetition, but also to do it when your brain is in that state where it's absorbing it. Well, and, no, uh, repetition. It could be in any state. Repetition is a practice that is subconscious is picked up by subconscious. Anything that's repeated yeah. over and over again uh, is not just in conscious mind. It may take conscious mind to make the repetition but it's the repetition that engages the subconscious program, okay? So we got two ways, hypnosis or theta, self-hypnosis. Number two, repetition, make a practice out of what you want, okay? And then the third one, and this is the most amazing thing at this time, there's a new version of psychology called energy psychology. I go, what's that? I go, it's a version of psychology that engages what is called super learning. Okay, what's that? <laughs> I think called super learning. Somebody can pick up a book, move their finger down the page. Just move their finger. Don't even just just like that. And they can read every word on that page just by moving their finger down. They can go in a bookstore, turn the pages one, two, three, one, two, three, like this, and finish a whole book in five minutes. Okay. Mm. Okay. So I said if I can engage super learning, then I can put in a program in minutes. Oh <gasps> Minutes! Yes, I can change a program in minutes, but wow. I have to engage this uh, the super learning process. There are many modalities called energy psychology, just to make it for the audience out there. My website, simple, brucelipton.com. I have about 25 different modalities called energy psychology. Look at them. Each is a little short descriptor, awesome. a website to get there. And awesome. I go, why is it important? You can find one. Why? You can change your life in minutes and walk out. And I love it. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't even have a book if it wasn't for the fact that I was able to rewrite those programs rapidly using energy psychology. And 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 the beautiful part is I said, well, you know, my relationship behavior downloaded from my father uh, kept me from having a relationship for nearly 50 years. <laughs> And then I changed the program to the extent of what? I wrote a book called The Honeymoon Effect <laughs> because all of a sudden I created a whole new world by changing that belief system and, and, and creating an opportunity to have a relationship.
and and my relationship is so wonderful it's all conscious based not subconscious programming wow so then the in in terms of manifesting uh with this let's call it let's call it the bruce lipton technique of uh you know of um epigenetics is is it is it some if you want more money or if you want you know if you just if Vision's big. I know. I know. I know. We've all become very left brain, and the left brain doesn't visualize very well. So, how much? How important is visualization in the programming? Meaning, if you can't see the house that you want, is it not going to happen, or that doesn't really matter if you can't visualize? To me, visualization is one of the most important things because you're setting up an image that you're going to manifest. If I have no vision of what I'm looking for and just think, well, one day something's going to happen, I go, well, you're going nowhere because you didn't even put out a pathway in front of you. Mm. A vision offers a pathway. And once the vision is in there, this is the cool part about the subconscious because uh, <laughs> the subconscious uh, sees everything instantly. You open mm. up your eyes, the subconscious saw everything. It's like reading that book. Uh, you can read all the words just by moving your finger down and how fast you move it down. Yeah. It's so fast. So, so what's, what, what, just because we don't have a lot of time. So, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm going to pass you on soon. So I got to cut you off a little bit because I okay. have so many questions. Yeah. I could talk to you for, for 10 hours. So, um, if, so when you have intuition and something says, let's just say you're looking to manifest and something says, you know, buy that piece of land or, or your or you know start that business but then then that programming stops you but what's the intuition where is that coming from the intuition is that there's a spiritual entity part of you an energy field okay and we could focus on details or we can focus on the energy the energy is more important so in making a decision just because this is important what you just said uh, when we make a decision, there's two ways of making it. The most common way of making a decision is you say, if I choose to do this, what is the consequence? And then you go through, well, this could happen, that could happen, this could happen. And I go, great. Uh, you, you, it, there's, there's an algebra where you, you get a, a large formula and the idea is to reduce it to the smallest size. You might remember. You talk yourself out of it in most cases. Yeah, well, I'm going to say, if you, once you try, like the, the reducing that formula, if you make one error in judgment, the answer at the bottom of the page is totally wrong. And I say, but so and most of us make decisions based on our awareness, but I say, but all of our awareness isn't accurate. So that's going to throw a monkey wrench in. So I say, how do I make a decision? And that's where I was coming to. And the answer is this. Yeah, I'll do the assessment first intellectually, but to choose the answer, I go to my heart. My heart doesn't deal with details. My heart deals with energy. I say, why is it relevant? The decision you're about to make is going to change your energy. It's either going to enhance your energy or reduce your energy. The heart doesn't deal with the details. Just said, is this decision give me more energy or does this decision give me less energy? I like that. And I say, why is it relevant? Energy is life. So before I make a final decision on something important, I don't do all just a calculation. I end with, how do I feel? Why? No details. Just tell me. The heart just tells you what's the energy level of this decision. Uh, and if it's a lower energy, it says, don't do it because you're taking right. away your life. And if it's a high energy, you go, yeah, let's go. But the interesting. conscious part is that's problematic because all you have to do is one error in the calculation. The answer is wrong. 
Yeah. And the, you know, the conscious part is, you know, maybe calculating, but then the subconscious program could say, well, you know, you're, you're, com- you're only comfortable with this. So that's, that's too big over there. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, you know, let's stay with what's comfortable and then you don't do it, you know, but, but that's the way we were programmed. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay safe. Don't, don't yeah. venture out of the box. Don't color outside of that line. And that yeah. was where the, where the problems come from because then somebody defined the box and then we have to live in the box that they defined. And the reality is, no, there's much better things going on outside of the box and inside the box. And that's what's going on in our civilization. Most people are in the box struggling. And the ones that are thriving, they're outside the box. They're not paying attention to what's going on in the box. Yeah, so it's it's sort of, uh, you know, there's the aspect of spirituality where there's the physical part, the thinking part, and the sort of the, uh, you know, infinite, eternal all powerful. And it's a bit of tapping into that fearless aspect of ourselves that's shut down, isn't it? I mean, that's sort of, it's all kind of mishmash together. It's, yeah. it's, that's where but the power our, comes from. But Steve, our limitations came from the program. It says, if you do this, it'll be bad. If you do this, it'll be good. Oh, okay. I'll do that one. It's a program. Uh, I don't even think anymore of doing the other one because my program says only this way. And I go, well, that's where the problem comes. We bought the programs from other people and some people are doing very well. Uh, the 1%, the 1%, we got all the money. <laughs> I go, yeah, because their consciousness is bigger to, uh, you know, accept that. And and here's the critical part before we go to the next question, and that is this. We have been purposely disempowered. <laughs> it's not that, like, Bill Gates is a, you know, super person in that regard. It's just his program doesn't have the limitations that our program has. Yeah. And, well, I notice people yeah. that I know who are really like super wealthy. They're they just see abundance everywhere. Yeah, you know? but that's the vision that they have, and the other people are on the edge of. If I do that, I'll lose my job. If I lose my money, I'll lose this, and then all of a sudden, that fear yeah. fear stops them from making progress. Fear shuts down your ability to move. Fear, you just get stuck. That's it. Fear yeah. paralyzes. Faith energizes. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's, uh, no, I'm, I'm, cause there's, you know, there's, I mean, I've done okay, but I've noticed where I've sabotaged myself where, you know, it was like, you know, you don't deserve this. There was a program saying you don't deserve this. So. That's a program most of us got at some level. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve this. You're not that good. You're not that well, smart. This is and the there's problem. all the other thoughts of, well, if I have this, then what's everyone going to think? And, you know, and then, uh, you know, or you, you've just been, you've just been disempowered. There you go. And it's all, it's like when you realize what nonsense, even just the ent- to entertain that thought once, what it is, is, uh, but it's very disempowering. A hundred percent. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the movie Sicko by Michael Moore had an interview with a British parliamentarian, okay, uh, Tony Benn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just use it in my lectures all the time because he just, as a parliamentarian, a legislator in the government, he just stands right in front and tells you eyes right on you. Governments do not want a healthy, intelligent population because they are difficult to control. And I go, wow, I, I'm 70 over, you know. I came from a place when we had a whole different world here in the United States post-war. Man, we, were, we had the technology. We had the business. We had all everything. It was going great. And today, 
we are some of the stupidest people in the world from the United States. Yeah, but that's like that's by design by the very people that said they don't want people to be thinkers and critical, you know. Um, so actually, I don't want to get into that. But the last thing I'll ask, because it, you kind of brought it up, is um, the is why are you know the the four of us who you're talking to are we're able to see through the lies, through the corruption. Um, and there was a time I didn't. There was a time I, I believed everything. There was a time I actually Me too. had, you know, yeah. So what, 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 was there a program that, you know, that we had to break to see the truth or? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> You're not weak, fragile human beings. You're powerful creators. The idea of our health being, oh, we're just so weak and vulnerable, that's a bunch of garbage. We are extremely powerful. You want to walk across hot coals? Go ahead and do it if you have the right consciousness. Don't do it with the wrong consciousness, okay? <laughs> uh, I also use in my lecture a video from a, a, a Southern uh, Baptist organization uh, which worked themselves up into a religious ecstasy, uh, and they do something called testify. I go, what's that? They do something no person in their normal mind would ever do, but they do it because they say, God protects me. They don't doubt this. There's not 99% belief. It's 100%. And I go, well, someone played with poisonous snakes, okay? And they get bitten, but they don't have a problem. That's not the ones I show in the video. Once I show in the video, they drink strychnine poison in toxic doses and have no harmful effects. How the hell do you explain that? And the answer is their belief system is 100% sure they're protected. And it's just the same kind of belief Amazing. system walking across the hot coals. Yeah, yeah I mean. Belief system. Well, you know, I walked across the coals with Tony Robbins, and they're, they're, not, they're not exactly like, you know, uh, it's, it's not a, exactly that gangster. But, you know, it's, it's you're in the mindset and you believe that you're going to be okay. Don't don't go in the middle of the walk and question your belief, though. That's the most important fact. Finish. No, the there, walk. Are, there are people who get burned. Finish. <laughs> don't yeah, stop in the middle. <laughs> yeah, there's people who get burned. So, uh, so what did? Uh, where, where do you think? You know, the what's what's interesting about this is the last thing I'll say is that as programmable as humans are, as like a biological computer, I think the the people that you know, the powers that should not be, the, the loyal opposition, uh, the 1% or, uh, you know, in our circles, that's what we believe, uh, who they're, they're, they've usurped the creative potential of the collective. Absolutely. In a sense. But they did and, that. Uh, they did it based on science. Whoa, what do you mean? Darwinian theory, the accepted theory of evolution, says that life is based on a struggle for survival with competition. And I go, and therefore, it says basically, you're competing against each other in a dog-eat-dog -dog world. The winner is the one who's on top at the end. And I go, that's a Darwinian theory. It is totally wrong. Evolution is not based uh, uh, on competition. It's based on cooperation. And what you see is 1% not cooperating with the rest of us. Just give me the winnings. I'm the most fit. That's why I got all the money and I'm fit yeah. with my billion dollars. And I go, well, that's, yep. that's well, it's also, it's also a very, it's a very deliberate, systematic, coordinated steer push towards 
intellectualism, materialism, and scientism, which which really locks you in and takes you sort of away from morality and spirituality. There's by no virtue. morality in a, in a competition. Whoever, the winner is the winner. I never say how you got to be a winner. It could be because you're smart and wonderful or because you have an Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those so are I mean, the winner. <laughs> yeah. But, well, someday we'll have to, uh, we'll have to have a drink near uh, CW post, but it's been right. a pleasure talking to you and, um, I'm gonna. I guess uh, Jane or Hartman. Who wants to go next? Jane, you were I will supposed go. to go. Okay, Hartman's gonna go. Hartman, thank you very much. Yeah, bro, brilliant. <laughs> I love this conversation, and I want to come. I want to come to a very practical example, uh, because uh, you talked about the honeymoon effect, and um, it is so interesting. For example, cleaning. Uh, to have a house which is clean and organized. And, and if you have, if you ask many housewives, how do you get it done? Or what is the, why do you do this? Many have, for example, answers like, I want to be organized. I want to have it clean. I want to have to find everything in the right position. And the interesting thing is if one lady said, I just want to have a beautiful home. This lady is the one who has a beautiful home because she works for the beauty. And all the other people who try to think rational, they don't get it. And this no, is the same. It's not their vision. As we talked about with Steve, there's a vision. If you don't have the vision of the beauty that she talked about, then you can't manifest the beauty she talked about. If your vision, I want to have order, well, you can have order, but it's not necessarily beautiful in any sense. <laughs> you know, it's what what's your vision, and that becomes the clearest part. And your example was a great example of that. The vision is to have beauty, not not any other you know motive, not to to win something or anything like that. It's just to be in beautiful, which is really wonderful because nature is beautiful. <laughs> nature is like of all the you know alien life forms in the universe. Uh, uh, planet Earth offers uh, some of the most beautiful, spectacular uh, environments in in the universe. Uh, and we just have to learn to live in harmony with it. And the problem is, science back in 1500s under uh, Francis Bacon, who, who put the mission statement in science, said, what is the mission statement? The answer, to obtain knowledge to control and dominate nature. I go, we're going to control and dominate nature. We are nature. You can't dominate nature. We are nature. And all of our efforts to control and dominate nature have actually caused the precipitation of a mass extinction that we're experiencing right now because we didn't learn to live in harmony. The indigenous people on this planet knew that already. They said, this is a garden, and we are gardeners. We look at it and say, that's a garden. What can you get? Give me something out of it. Take anything you want out of the garden. I go, Whew, that destroyed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, and, I'm on there, Hartman. Go, go ahead, please. I, I talk no, to and, you. and the interesting thing is, um, as you said, uh, subconscious is a program and uh, is, a, is, a, is a hardware, and this uh, consciousness is a software. And the interesting thing is, for example, if the people get in a trap, for example, like propaganda, the illusion, for example, doesn't uh, and um. The people get frustrated with the time and they do only things for a reason. For example, why do you want to earn money? Because I want to have a big house. I want to have, I want to, I want to pay my credits and all that stuff. 
and this kind of reason dimin diminish diminish yeah, yeah, yeah their brain and their activity yeah because that wasn't the mission the mission for money money is energy just recognize yeah. that energy you have no money you've got no energy you can't do anything and therefore we are seeking energy to create now the problem is this while we seek the energy to create the question is what are you trying to create with that energy i go that's where the programming says well now you got all the energy buy this car <laughs> it's like that has nothing to do with it you know and the fact is what it's all about and not and people are beginning to wake up to it is it, it's the emotional social experience that we're seeking you seek love do i have to buy the car to have love some people say yo not until i get the car will somebody love me i go what the hell is that all about the, the idea is you're mistaking what it is to be a happy human on this planet and and that happiness is being healthy being in love not to not actually being in love with yourself first that is the biggest problem on this planet because the programming that we got almost has, well, I can tell you a fact. Uh, I've been in uh, belief change conferences. And one of the first questions that we ask about a belief is uh, the statement, I love myself. And then we do a muscle test. 80 to 90% of every audience will not test positive to I love myself because we've been so criticized in that first seven years by our parents, not good enough, not smart enough, not deserving, not lovable. Those are the things we heard. I say, yeah, but a child just recorded them. They're in hypnosis. And now their program is what? I'm not lovable. I don't deserve and all that. And I guess 95% of the day when that's playing, it will sabotage you every day for as long as you live. And the point about it is we have, we have to change that. And the emphasis right now was, most of us, if we don't love ourselves, how in the world are you going to expect to be loved by the world in which you live? If you can't love yourself and somebody else says, I love you, you look at them and go, well, you have no quality control. I know I'm not lovable. What are you talking about? Uh, and the idea is we push away love. And love is harmony. And harmony is health. And the fact is, being in love doesn't does it have to be with another person. No. Being in love, you could be a gardener, you can be a painter, you could be a chef, you can do anything. If you're doing it because it makes you feel good and you feel like you're doing something and you're contributing, fine. But you know, this people are, are not loving themselves. And if you don't love yourself, why you can't be integrated with the rest of us. Because community is love. <laughs> community is what brings people together. Without love, no community, not even a personal community. You don't even have another person. <laughs> and this is why it's really important. The most important thing for the general population to change is, A, I love myself. Because if you don't, it's a struggle from here on out to the end. That's where the problem comes from, okay? Uh, and that's one of the many things. The, the uh, other important thing, which I don't, I don't want to go a lot of time into it. The other important thing is um, we have to know, not believe in the sense that I go to church and believe it. You have to know it from the core that you are more than this body, that you are a spirit. <laughs> You're an energy playing through this body. 
and no two people receive the same broadcast. I go, what does that mean? I go, on your cells, there's a set of protein antennas, just like television antennas. I say they're called self-receptors, receivers of self. I go, no two people have the same set of antennas. And I say, well, what are they reading? An energy field, spirit comes in through these receptors. No two people are getting the same broadcast. And the relevance about that is what changed my life because I never believed in spirituality was, oh my God, I am the broadcast, the energy field, the spirit, which is energy field. I am, this is a television set. You're watching the Bruce show on the Bruce television set. I go, so why is it relevant? You watch a TV, it breaks. We say TV is dead. And I go, yes. I say, is the broadcast still there? The answer is yes, it is. And that's what the almost that blew my mind because I said, oh my God, I can't die. I'm not even in here. I'm the broadcast coming here. Uh, and once that happened, most major thing happened in my whole life. And I'll tell you what it was. Loss of fear. No fear. Because without fear, fear is what makes you do the hiding and close down, protect yourself, separate. That's what fear does. Love is open. Take it all in. Be it. Uh, and once I saw from a biological, scientific point of view, the nature of spirituality as an energy field in physics and my receptors receiving that, I say, you know, what's interesting. If I die, my television today is broken. But if an embryo in the future comes up with the same set of antennas, I'm back, but in a different TV. I go, what does that mean? He says, does it have to be male or female? I go, nope, that's the TV set. How about red, brown, black, red, yellow? I said, that's the TV, that's not you. And then when people recognize who are we, we're the broadcast, then unity will come to this planet because the physical TV set has <laughs> been separated by politics and, and powers and all that. And the fact is, no, we're not separate anything. We're all cells in the body of something bigger called humanity. That's what's evolving. Not the human, the collection of humans. And that means if we come together, then consider the body is made out of 50 trillion cells. The cells are the living entity. Bruce is a community, okay? Grace is a community. Steve is a community. I say, under the skin, but all of us are cells coming together in a bigger community called humanity. That's the super organism. And humanity means, look, uh, when our cells fight each other, it's called autoimmune disease. That's one of the most destructive things in our world right now, health-wise, is autoimmune disease, which translates as self-destruction. And I go, that's because the cells are fighting each other, they're not living in harmony. I say, that's what's going on inside. It's an exact reflection of what's going on outside. What's going on outside is a disharmony with the cells fighting each other, not recognizing we're all in the same body. And when that happens, peace. This, re this reminds me on an, on an interview with an American soldier who was in the Iraq, and he was asked, what's, what's the feeling to kill someone? And he said, killing someone is like killing some, a piece of yourself. Absolutely, because that's deep inside. And here's something real interesting, Hartman. When growing up, um, boys are programmed differently than girls for a very important reason. 
boys cannot be sensitive. If a boy's a sensitive, they make fun of him and everything. Uh, even when we were young, you punch somebody in the shoulder and say, hey, did you, did you blink your eye or, you know, did you feel that? And you go, no, I didn't feel that. I'm a tough guy. And you cover up your feelings. You cover up your sensitivity. And I go, why is it relevant? Women don't have to cover sensitivity. That's just part of their natural world. Men cannot be sensitive because if we are, that guy cannot go in the field and shoot somebody else. Sensitive people can't do that. So men are programmed to be insensitive in a world where sensitivity is the driving force. <laughs> we're, we're lost. Men are lost because in our developmental seven-year programming, we were programmed not to be sensitive, and that is the only way you can make a soldier. Is a soldier is sensitive, can't shoot somebody. It wouldn't work. And, and it's unfortunate because... Now, all of a sudden, you find the schism between men and women. How can we make a relationship when women are sensitive and men are insensitive? It doesn't work. That's a problem we're facing within civilization. Yeah, and and what I also want to talk about is, for example, as you said, um, if if you want to say, I want, to, I, I love myself. And, yes. And the people... Um, the people uh, test very negative concerning the kinesiology, kinesiology test. Um, yeah. What I found out is, for example, if you believe in the source, in the universe, or in um, in God, doesn't matter what you what you call it. The interesting thing is, when you think about it, what it is, for example, planets, black holes, galaxies, but then you can also say connection, gratitude, um, power, organization, orchestra, music, concentration. In that moment, if you think the universe is this. You are the same. You think in the same and you reprogram yourself without yes. the feeling of guilt. Does this work? Oh, absolutely. But then you have to put the program in. And I said, that's the big failure is because people think if I just think of what I want, my subconscious will help me get it. I go, no, the subconscious is not thinking what you're thinking. Subconscious got a program. And, and as I said, if you know what your program is, that's where you have trouble, then if you change that program, then the troubles disappear from your life. That's how you have to do it. But just thinking about it doesn't really change that program. We got to make an effort. And that's because habits do not want to change. Because if a habit changes, then by definition, it's not a habit anymore. And not all habits are bad. A lot of people think, oh, subconscious is evil. I go, no. When did you learn how to walk, Hartman? Before you were two, are you still walking? Ah, well, that's a damn good program to have, isn't it? You know, so there are good programs and there are bad programs. Distinguishing which is which and then rewriting the bad one is freedom. If you don't rewrite the bad one, it'll play 95% of every day you have and it'll follow you to the grave. And the only way out is I have to change that program. But then that's what we talked about. There are exercises to change that program. Yeah, and and um, let's say it this way: to to the 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 task or the the target for the for for rewriting the program is, let's say, to get a super brain, yeah, or super learning, and yeah, to um, to to get a super brain in order to learn fast. It's that would help question. To make it easier. <laughs> yeah, to make it easier. Yeah, but but the problem. Let's say it this way: we go to sleep. We go in the delta phase. Yeah. yeah? Then we have also the possibility, or let's say the 1% have the possibility 
to reprogram us from inter from external by yeah but that's what it is by, yeah by radio, let's say internet by by uh, what's the word not tesla waves what's what's um specific longitudinal longitudinal waves longitude longitude waves this is a specific kind of frequency, frequency. not hertz the yeah. opposite to hertz yeah yeah and so you wake up maybe um shivering or you have panic attacks and all that stuff then you wake up completely exhausted and then you have to reprogram again <laughs> well did you pro did you program that you have to reprogram or you just went through a review and didn't change anything that was the most important part did you make a difference by what you did not what you observed not what you saw but did you do some process because that's the failure. It does take a process to change the subconscious. I can't wish it. Oh, I wish my subconscious would change. No, that doesn't do anything. You actually have to use it like it is a hard drive. You got to reprogram it. You got to open up the drive. You got to find the record button and push that record button. If you don't push it, there will be no reason for a habit to ever change. That's what this purpose is, not to change. So you have to find the process to get in there. Uh, and it's not wishful thinking. That's where people, oh, I gave myself a good talking to. I go, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm talking to my subconscious. I go, there's nobody in there. It's a hard drive. It's just like in a computer. Talk to your computer and see if you can change the program. <laughs> I go, no. Okay. I say, talking to yourself, there's nobody there. It's, that's why it doesn't work and it, it makes people irritated. I've been thinking positive thoughts and it didn't work. I go, how much of your time was spent with positive thoughts? I can tell you this, less than 5%. <laughs> I go, why is it relevant? Well, you want to change the world that less than 5% uh, of thought and consciousness is not going to make that change. You actually have to go into the hard drive push the record button, whichever the three ways we said, you know, hypnosis, repetition, energy, psychology, you have to use a process. And if you don't, it's just wishful thinking. And that's not going to change. So it's oh, it's uh, taking action. So maybe you can have fear, but you do it despite the fear. Absolutely, because you have to you're a programmer, you can see the program you got because that's your life, you're a programmer. You don't like the life, then by definition, go back in. You have to change the program. And all of a sudden, that's where the limitations come. Because for years, everyone just thought, well, if I read the book, I will automatically know. And I go, yes, that's true. You will automatically know, but you will not change any program by reading a book. <laughs> that's not going to do it. That's not the way it learns. Uh, and so we've, we've been disconnected from how do you change a program? But if you understand there's a process, then you have a doorway. You are powerful. You can open the door. You can change the program. Does it work? Hey, I'm 77 and I'm having the best years of my life right now. Why? <laughs> because uh, around 50 is when I really started to the whole program changed. And that's when I met Margaret. That's when I wrote a book, The Honeymoon Effect. And that's why I'm here enjoying every minute. Every minute. It's a gift to be here not a trouble to be here it's a gift and we don't see it that way we just say it's a job i go it's not a job it's yeah a <laughs> and 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 my last question is for example there are many people let's say it this way at the moment we're living in a very crazy times yes and we have mm, the mm, the most 
of us, uh, let's, uh, let's say it this way, have fear in any kind. The one have fear and they, let's say, they work with the Sweden syndrome. So they say, okay, come on, let's do it. And I'm, then I'm happy and I'm free again. The other people who said, well, not so right, they escape in spirituality. And they think, for example, like making a fire and meditation and transforming the energy, everything will change. But that's Do a ritual. Have... That's a ritual, but not that's a, a marker, an icon. I could see them doing something, but will that process change the program? Yes. That's we had to come back and say, not necessarily. It's repetition. You know, uh, as Steve said, we if you repeat it so many times every day and repeat it and repeat it, that will change it. That's repetition. But to suggest like, well, it would be so much nicer if it was different. I go, that didn't change anything. Okay, so this is uh, this is a question what I had. Do you have a message for these spiritual people who, who, let's say, who escape in spirituality, think by meditation they can change everything and think that they can stop, let's say, the process which is the government governments are doing? Yes, we can do all that, but it's not just by thinking about it. You actually, as we said, you really have to do a physical thing to change a, a program. The program is the equivalent of a physical thing in your hard drive, in your subconscious. It's physical. It's all the neurons are interlocked to make this program. You want to change it, you got to change the neurons. And I say, and that's where uh, hypnosis, repetition, energy psychology are the insight of how to get in there and change that program. Anything else would be wishful thinking. Oh, if I just think about it, it would be so nice. I go, that's do something. You have to do something. Uh, and then make your life. And, and now my last question. Um, do you know Mr. Garyayev, who from Russia, who makes wave genetics? Have you ever heard about wave genetics? No. Uh, uh, no. Wave genetics is, for example, you take a picture of someone who is, let's say, where you are three years old, where you were, where someone was completely healthy. Yeah. Scanning the scanning the picture, transforming it in laser light, and the laser light transforming in music, and the music is listening to the brain, and then the cell remember itself uh, how it was when it was three years old, and it will throw all, all the dustbin out of the body. Do you think uh, that this kind of technology is possible? But you can't do it just one time. No, you have to repeat. Ah, there you go. That's the key word that we keep talking about. It's repetition that put it in there, okay? Uh, and so a one-shot deal, that's nice, but it doesn't change anything. And a lot of people think, just give me the pill. I'll just take the one pill. I go, there isn't one pill. You actually have to work. <laughs> and most people uh, are too busy in their world to stop and say, I got to change my life and I got to do it differently. And fear, as you said before, is the big thing, prevents you from doing it. Oh, my God, if I change this, I'll lose my job and I lose a job. I don't have any money. Then I'm going to die because I don't have any food and I can't live in a place. And it's like that stops people dead in the tracks. Let's go, the fear? No, I'm gonna, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. And I go, it's a waste of a life. Waste it. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Bruce. It was a real pleasure talking to you. I passed to you, Dan. I wish we had more time to, because each one of these things like that Bruce, Steve and you have brought up are, are topics of a discussion. 
that we could just touch a little bit on the discussion, but it's yeah. a bigger story under here that if yes. we could have, but we, we Grace will do it again. Give me 20 <laughs> hours. Grace didn't give yeah. me 20 hours for this uh, thing, so I can't tell the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dr. Bruce. How long do I have? <laughs> let's, just, let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. go. I'm, you know, you changed my life, and I'm sure countless others. You changed, you changed your life. Yeah. That's a, you have to own responsibility. Yes. You were good at that. Yeah. Right. But I understood because of you that I could change my life. Yes, yes. When I was at university, I read the biology of belief. And then I went back to a family business and I realized I needed to be the navigator of my own life. And so I could let go of the fear and moved on to become a naturopathic doctor. Congratulations. And there I discovered homeopathy, which is a form of energy psychology, I believe. Yes. And I you know, I fell in love with it because it included the mind in order to heal the body. You had to, you know, look at everything in tandem and then match it to a remedy, which I find is really, um, is, is an endless, beautiful um, discovery that nature provides, you know, a, a disharmony that when treated with someone with, you know, the same disharmony like cures like so it's a beautiful medicine and i use it every day absolutely it's an energy healing because it's all vibration right exactly so i wondered if you would i i got cut out because i'm in the mountains and also going into a brave new world which has made me a little sick right because it's like i've had to let go of the river and move forward but I wanted to first of all say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you have done and I appreciate it so much. And then like, oh, I can't even tell you, but I wanted you to just describe the process of, you know, when we're in a stress state. Yes. And I often use the, um, the example of blood pressure, that someone that has high blood pressure can still be on a beach and they can be telling themselves they're having the most relaxing day, yet this program is still running and there's this cascade that happens within their body that yes. affects the organs. And I wondered if you could just, in your beautiful way, describe what happens. Yes, it's so important because in the healing profession, it has to be recognized that up to 90% of doctor visits are all due to stress-related ailments. I say, well, how does stress do this? There's a mechanism. I go, yeah, the stress is very important. Uh, when it's used in the right place in the right time, it's, it keeps us alive. But I say, what, what, what is this stress response? I say, well, what is stress? And, and, and that definition, all of a sudden, is just to simplify it. And this is really basic. Anything that gets in your way of a destination you have visioned. I'm going to go here. And I say, anything that gets in the way of that destination is stress. So stress comes from everywhere all the time. I say, what is the consequence of stress? Stress is a protection response. I go, so what? I say, in contrast, the other response and the opposite response is growth. Growth is you're open, you take in the stimuli, you bring it in, and you add, whether it's love or chemistry or homeopathy, you bring it in, open, and let it become part of you, okay? Protection, uh-uh, protection, close it down, wall it off, protect me, I get closed. So growth is open, 
Protection is closed. Growth, you go to the stimulus, love, follow it, track it down. Uh, and protection is run away from the stimulus. And the point is this, you can't be in growth and protection at the same time. They're exclusive. One, growth moving toward and being open, and protection is moving away and being closed. You can't be in both. I say, so what's the consequence? Because when stress hormones are put into the system, they shut down growth. And I go, what, what do you mean? I say, when a stress hormone gets into the system, it's preparing you for fight or flight. That's what stress is all about. Get me out of here. Save my ass. I need to get out. I go, so what's going to happen? I say, you're going to allocate energy, not for growth. You're going to allocate energy for escape. I go, well, what does that mean? I say, what part of your body do you use for escape? I go, arms and legs. I go, yeah. In a stress situation, I want my blood in my arms and legs because I'm gonna. the blood is the energy. I'm going to run with it, okay? In a growth situation, I want the blood in my viscera, my gut. Why? That's where all the organs of growth are, the organs of maintaining the body, cleaning the body, filtering things. It's all viscera. So I say, so now let's just look at it very technically and very quickly, I hope. And it goes like this. If I'm being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, where do I want my energy? The answer is clear. I want my arms and legs. Why? Because that's the only thing that's going to get me out of here and save my life. So I say, yeah, but in your body, your blood is being used as an energy source to fund other things like growth. I go, well, if you're being chased by a tiger, do you think you want to spend money to grow? I say, no, man, shut off the growth. Let me have all that energy to run away. So stress hormones shut down the blood vessels in the gut, squeezing them. And that means when the blood, instead of going into the gut, is now being pushed to go to the arms and legs where I need it, okay? People feel it in their stomach. It's called butterflies in the stomach. And I say, what is that? That's the stress hormones causing the blood vessels to squeeze shut, a fluttering. You can feel the blood vessels shutting. You can queasy. And I go, yeah. And I say, what's it doing? It's stopping growth so I can push the blood to the arms and legs. Stress number one. Stress number two is this. What else is using a lot of energy? I go, the immune system. Oh, why? Well, if you've ever been sick, you didn't have the energy to get out of bed because it uses that much energy. Okay, now scenario. I have a bacterial infection, could get a bad case of diarrhea, and I'm being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. How much money should I put into the immune system, and how much money should I put into running away, meaning energy? And the answer is simple. The hell with the bacteria. If the tiger eats you, the bacteria are the least of your problems. Matter of fact, it's the problem of the tiger now. But the point is this. I don't need the immune system when I'm running away from a threat. So stress hormones shut down the immune system. It's so good that when doctors transplant an organ from patient A to patient B, they give patient B stress hormones before the operation because it inhibits the immune system from rejecting the foreign graft that's going to happen. So, I mean, oh my God, stress hormones are so effective at shutting off the immune system, it's used therapeutically <laughs> to, to shut down the system. Okay, so that's issue number two. Issue number three, and briefly mentioned, was conscious mind is creative, wishes and desires, and what we really want. Subconscious mind programs. When you're in a fight or flight situation, conscious mind is a very slow processor. Can't keep up fast. It's very slow. And so I say, then what happens? Remember I told you the blood vessels in the gut are squeezed shut when the stress hormones are there? 
blood vessels in the in the conscious part of the brain squeeze shut because it pushes the blood to the hind brain where reaction reflex is faster to deal with the stress. So I said, so what's the issue? I said, when this system was designed, the only stress we had was the saber-toothed tiger. I say, yeah, and once you escape the saber-toothed tiger, no more protection. We go back into growth. But today, the stress is 24-7, 365. The system was never designed to be in chronic stress because it interferes with growth, immune system, and consciousness and, the, and makes us stupid. And all of a sudden, you see why people are like cattle being pushed into, you know, by the, the masters. <laughs> Come on! Everybody snap the whip and everybody goes, mm, and they're in the, in the crowd right there. And I say, because stress has weakened us physically and, and consciously. And it's unrelenting. It's just going on and on. So the only way out is you have to get out of the stress. <laughs> the stress is up to 90% of doctor visits, as I mentioned. That's a fact. And I go, so what do we need to do? Well, where's stress coming from? A belief that you're not powerful, that you're weak, that you're a victim. And I go, all of those are stories. You are you're a creator. You're a piece of God. <laughs> Every one of us is a piece of God. You want to see what God looks like? Bring all the humans together. And all the pieces, when they get added up, will re-image the God. And that's what uh, we're being driven to do right now. Learn to come back together. Because... Uh, we have broken community. Oh, social distance, separate, don't talk. Oh, the vax and the unvax, they're like, you know, oil and water, and then one's going to kill you or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, they're destroying community. And evolution is community. So we're in a very serious state. How long is it going to last? It's breaking down. Thank God it's finally breaking down. The people recognize, I don't care if I got the vaccine or not. I can still get the COVID. What the hell good was the vaccine? I still got the COVID. I go, ah, waking up now. <laughs> it's not the vaccine. The best, the best response to COVID is to be healthy. Because if you're healthy, your immune system is powerful enough to create, oh my God, 10 times better immunity, 100 times better immunity than a vaccine for a spike protein. It's just like, and that's why 90% of the people that got sick have a better immune system than anybody who got a vaccine. That's a fact. Uh, and yet we scare people. You're going to die. I go, who's dying? People who are already compromised. Healthy people are not dying from this. Healthy people got a week of crap flu. But at the end of that week, guess what? Immune system has now created an immune uh, response that is <laughs> 100 times better than a vaccine. For life, you got memory cells, man, you're good. You get the vaccine, you think you protect yourself. I say, that's a bunch of garbage. That's not true at all. You make a, a vaccine, an anti-spike on, on the virus, a spike like a, a little surface spike sticking off the, the, the virus. And you say, I'm going to attack that. And I go, and what do you think viruses do? They mutate. <laughs> oh, the Delta version, different spike. Uh-oh, guess what? You need different uh, vaccination. Your first vaccine was for spike A. Now we have spike B. <laughs> that vaccine doesn't work anymore. And now you need boosters and other shots and all this kind of stuff. It's like a manipulation, a disempowerment of people, a fear. That's what they sold it on. Fear. You're going to die. 
No, you're not. If you have comorbidities, I would be very careful because those are the ones that are going to have a serious problem. And I say, what are comorbidities? People not living in health and harmony. If you're living in health and harmony, this is big deal. A bad week of flu. But you're going to be much more uh, immunally, immunologically protected by getting the COVID rather than taking that vaccine. Right. And if you have comorbidities, then look at what program is causing it and that's start to it. deal with it. Right. That's it. Because they say, oh, here's how we deal with this uh, COVID. Oh, take a vaccine, put a mask on, do social isolation, X, 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 X. And at the very end, they say, oh, and be healthy. I go, are you kidding me? Be healthy is number one. If you're healthy, number one, your immune system, like 90% of the people that got it, never had to see a doctor, never had to go to a hospital. I say, what? Their immune system was perfectly designed to handle this. And, and yet we don't even trust that immune system. I got to get a vaccine. Uh, and I already had COVID. Do I need a vaccine? They're telling me I do. And I go, screw you. My immune system's already better than your vaccine. Yeah. And it all comes from a program that we have to look outside of ourselves to find the solution. Because that was in that seven years of development that said, who do you think you are? And what did we learn? Because this is important about health. I'll tell you right now, programs are what we download during that seven years. So here's the program. You ready? Mommy's sick. She has to go to the doctor. Daddy's sick. He has to go to the doctor. I'm sick. I have to go to the doctor. I say, what does that program mean? What does it mean to a kid? When it comes to health, I'm not responsible. When it comes to health, the doctor is the one in charge. I go, why is that relevant? Because then you give up your power to whatever the doctor says. And this is why prognoses are the most terrible thing that ever happened because you're feeding the patient with a vision of all the negative crap that's going on but your opinion as a doctor is more truth than their opinion as a patient. Patients give power to the truth to the doctor. I said, well, then you just got disempowered because now whatever the doctor says, that's going to happen. Doctor says you're going to die in three months. You end up dying in three months only to find out you didn't have the cancer anyway. You just died because that was the prognosis. And the issue is, when are we going to get our power back? And the first thing is recognize we are designed to live in a world where it's always changing and designed to adapt to everything. And that's what the immune system's great function is. <laughs> it adapt to anything and, and keep us healthy and in harmony until you stop that immune system. I say, well, we'll do that. Stress. <laughs> right? <laughs> So beautifully said. I mean, it's just, it wraps it up so perfectly. Thank you, Bruce. Well, Love Jean, you. let me say, let me say thank you to you because what we need are different doctors out there, not the program. Look, there's a health crisis. It's not the doctor and nurse's fault. It's the education system, which I was part of that programmed them to only have the belief that I said. They're not even thinking outside of what I said. They, they take what I said and made law. Doctor, can, my students from 30 years ago can still tell you what I said 30 years ago. They memorized it. Uh, and I go, so I am controlling their, their practice. 
And I go, and who's controlling me? And I go, pharmaceutical company, because that controls medicine. And the practice is, give them drugs. And I go, Jesus, that's the last thing. That would be the last thing. Give them health. And that's what you do, Jane. And that's why it's so important to have people just outside that box to recognize health. Start with uh, the ecology, the environment, and the consciousness of that environment. That's where healing is going to come from. Not from stupid pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals kill 300,000 people a year in the United States. And only about 35,000 people die from illegal drugs. We have a war against illegal drugs. Ten times as many people die from pharmaceuticals. And they go, oh, that's the cost of doing medicine. And nobody gives a damn. I go, what do you mean that's the cost of medicine? Medicine's the third leading cause of death in the United States, according to the Journal of the American Medical Association. And now the British Medical Journal just repeated the research uh, in 2016 and still find medicine is the third leading cause of death in the United States. It's not up to date. It's programmed by pharmaceutical interests. Uh, uh, and the freedom of health education does not exist outside of the corporate funding. And that's the nature of the game. And it's not the doctor's fault. It's the teachers in the medical school that have told them, this is the way it is, concrete, don't question. They go, well, there you go, there's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, many like many people I ask, do you think that your health issue has is, is related to how you're thinking? And most people can see the connection, so I yeah, think- Yeah, but now we have to encourage them to do something about it, not just, yeah. hey, that's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, it's not nice, it's the most powerful thing I can help you with. Take back your power. Yeah. Yeah. Become empowered. <laughs> that's what it's all about. And that's why we're here. And that's why I want to thank Grace for this opportunity to, to let us have a little conversation because our audience is seeking. Give me another answer because the answers that are here now are failing everything. And we have to get out of the box. And thank you, Grace, for giving me this opportunity to stand up on the soapbox and talk about get out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we thank you as Brilliant, well. Yeah. You know, all I want to do again is manifest to materialize that you can come back to us in many months from now. You know? I would love to do this. I want, I want to thank Steve and Hartmut and Jane because it, it's a community that makes it work. If I just sat up here and said a bunch of stuff, it's like, mm. But because we're all participating, there's more than one opinion, and that's an important thing. And uh, thank you to thank you. It was, really for, was really cool. You know, helping me as well. Okay, say kind regards to your sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you, and 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 kind regards to all of our listeners. Yes. Because they're the ones that are facing this world, saying, "What the hell are we gonna do?" Uh, and Grace and and my dear colleagues on this panel. Uh, have answers and they're not the conventional answer you're going to get from the pharmaceutical company so I, I trust it much more <laughs> thank you source bless to everyone and yes thank you very much whatever resonates to you please share it don't hesitate if you have other questions just send in questions and any of us will answer the questions and take care everyone thank you thank you Bruce thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you.